Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hi there, it's Lucinda, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to just jump on and do a solo episode because I've been doing lots of webinars on topic of feedback lately and why it really can be such a game changer in terms of what we're trying to encourage in this hybrid world. Because fundamentally, we've been living in isolation, we've now been let out, uh, but to a certain extent, we maybe need to encourage new ways of communicating amongst our people and ensure that we're really engendering a positive culture of communication as we go back. So um, this is what I thought it would be useful for us to have a bit of a conversation about because it does seem that this is a topic that people are really interested in. So what I'm going to just cover in this particular podcast episode is why feedback is even more important than ever in a hybrid world. What types of feedback are most effective? How certain types of feedback like 360 degree might fit into that and what we can all do to encourage a positive feedback culture. So if I was to ask you, and I'll ask you the same question I ask to people on my webinars, uh, if I was to say, tell me about feedback in your organisation, what would you answer? Would you tell me that you've got a mature culture with regular feedback going on? Uh, people are, you know, ask for feedback and provide great quality feedback. Or would you say that it happens, but really in only certain pockets? Or maybe say it does happen, but when it happens, it's really only in formal meetings like appraisals, if you're lucky, one-to-ones, or a formal 360 development. So it's something that is stored up and uh, delivered at certain times of the year. And if I was to say to you, how do you expect, what do you expect feedback to be? Then very often, if someone said to you, um, you know, can I give you some feedback? How would you feel? And if you feel a bit anxious, you're not alone because the evidence is that people expect feedback to be negative. We have created a, an environment where almost we're so scared of getting feedback that um, we don't want to ask for it and therefore we don't want to provide it because we know people don't like it. Um, and it, it actually triggers our a sympathetic nervous system, it triggers our fight or flight response um, from our sort of our neuro, uh, neuropsychology is what we've learned to get from it. So it actually makes us anxious, which is a real shame, isn't it? One of the most common responses when I asked in the webinar what feedback was like in your organisation, um, what people tended to tell me was it was pretty much a feedback vacuum. There was virtually no feedback that went on outside of formal processes which is interesting, isn't it? Because actually, uh, those of you who listened to the 
recordings that I've done previously, one of the pieces of research that I do go back to regularly is that if you want to drive high performance, what actually drives high performance is uh, clear goals and regular feedback. So saving it till the end of the year isn't going to cut it. So anyway, we've all got the similar problem, but um, why is it even more important for us to focus on now? Because all of those situations that we just looked at there, the feedback vacuum happening just within 360s or appraisals, those were all issues that existed prior to any pandemic or prior to hybrid working. So why would I suggest that we should really take it seriously now in terms of something that we need to think more seriously and carefully about encouraging? Well, one of the main ones is, of course, that virtual working has actually removed many of our informal feedback sources. When we were working you know, across the desk from somebody, seeing someone on a regular basis, we'd get a gist of how they were talking to a customer, interacting with other people. We would just see them going about their daily, weekly working life and have a sense of lots of behavioural examples of how they were acting. Now, of course, we might not see them at all other than on a Zoom meeting or whatever that might be. So we haven't got as many feedback sources that we can draw on. In fact, we have to work harder to get some. Now, if we're a line manager, then that actually can be quite a problem when it does come to appraising performance because we may not be objective. We are only seeing a snapshot of what people are doing. And as I say, that might be something which is really... Uh, we have a perception that somebody's doing a great job or a less good job, and that is not going to necessarily be reality. I mean, in real, in fairness, it's never totally reality, but even more so, our lack of information if we're line managers means we need to look for other sources. You would want to also think, I, I believe, about being more structured about feedback as we go into a hybrid environment, because we could end up with what they call proximity bias, Whereas if I am somebody who does happen to go and work in the same environment as my line manager um, or key stakeholders, then I might get disadvantaged positively. Oh, that's, that's wrong, isn't it? So advantaged positively uh, compared to somebody who's further away. The other thing, of course, is we know that with the great resignation, people are crying out for development and we want to retain our talent. Feedback is a main way in which we get self-awareness, we get our development and we can help people feel that they are being valued as individuals, they're being invested in, they're getting personalised development and training. And of course, to establish the right hybrid working culture. Maybe we need to adjust our practice. Maybe we've gone from you know, being very office-based to being now really quite almost isolated, not working collaboratively with others. So we may want to reset our hybrid working culture. We might want to agree ways of working or getting feedback from people as to what's working and what isn't. So I do believe that now is a really important time for us to actually review what was the level of quality of feedback practice that was taking place in our organisation previously and think about how we might want to adjust it, tweak it, encourage it to continue to be um, improved and appropriate for our new working way. Now, I told you previously, I mentioned that earlier, that actually if you felt a bit anxious about being offered feedback, we do get that kind of feeling in your stomach. And um, simply saying, let me give you some feedback, it has been shown to create a stress or threat response there. So I'll talk a little bit about how we can reduce that. Because we want to do this in that other evidence around neuroscience says that 
if we do give feedback that bolsters self-esteem, that will improve performance. And we've probably all heard of that term, the growth mindset. Managers who demonstrate a growth mindset, which is essentially giving feedback about what you can do even better as opposed to critical feedback. So it's a difference, more of a sort of positive psychology emphasis. I might still have, I might still have, um, I don't know, delivered a five out of 10 sales presentation. However, I still delivered a five out of 10. And what do I need to do to get it to be a seven or eight next time is entirely different from me being criticised as to why it was only a five out of 10. So a growth mindset is where we're always thinking about what could be better and looking at the positive stuff and what could be even better. So we want to have that growth mindset because then it makes feedback much less threatening. It's all about improvement. It's all about continuous improvement. It's about taking away risk or blame cultures. And that, I'm going to do more on psychological safety soon. And that would very much link into, if you're trying to create an environment of psychological safety, then actually positive responses to feedback would be critical here. What does good feedback look like? Well, I'm sure that you all know this. And if you want to go into this in any detail, we've got loads of resources on the Actors website on this. Um, I go into feedback in our management training programs. And um, I did a webinar recently on this. So you can, I'll put it in the show notes, our webinar on this, if you want to go into more detail. But fundamentally, we need to make sure that quality feedback is specific, it's timely, it's constructive, objective, habitual rather than just occasional. And we have this analogy of trying to fill people's buckets. So do you like a good book? This um, concept of filling someone's bucket comes from uh, Donald Clifton, who's the grandfather of positive psychology. And um, he and his grandson went on to study all about um, feedback and they wrote a book called How Full Is Your Bucket? So that's In fact, that analogy, again, I often talk about seven habits of highly effective people, is quite similar to the emotional bank account analogy, if you're familiar with that. It's quite easy for us all to get our heads around, isn't it, really? The bottom line is, if we've all got leaky buckets um, because no one ever puts any feedback in, any positive feedback in, any positive strokes, then any feedback is just going to feel negative. It's just going to be drained. And really what we want to do is to be positively filling up people's buckets, business as usual, then if we need to give people something which is a more of a developmental feedback, then that's going to be taken in the way in which it was intended, um, taken as much more constructively. So we need to get habitual about creating good quality feedback and also not just looking for people doing things wrong. And this is where it ties into, if we want to encourage a positive feedback culture, we need to get people to learn how to, again, I feel like I'm My third book, this book's about 30 years old, Catching People Doing Things Right. So the one minute manager talks about catching people doing things right. So if we as leaders, um, yeah, we're all leaders, uh, are encouraging to find people, catch people doing things right, what we are doing is filling that bucket up with positivity and resilience. People feel valued. And then if we need to tell them what they could do even better, then the likelihood is that that feedback is going to be taken in the way in which it's intended and be received positively. So there's definitely a skill and it's about habits there. I always remember um, there was a story of one of my line managers on a course recognised that they wanted to give more feedback and they wanted to start by making it safe to give feedback. So they wanted to create the habit of providing quality, positive feedback on a regular basis. 
And what they did, and this was when people were in the office, was they had three um, paper clips in their left hand pocket and they would switch it over the course of the day every time they managed to do it into their right hand pocket. So if they'd managed to move all three over by the end of the day, then they knew they'd done a great job. On the other hand, if they knew that they needed to do more, if they're all still sitting in that, that left hand pocket. So that's a really nice, simple analogy. And actually, when we're working remotely, it's even easier than a paperclip. You could have post-its on your on your monitor and make sure you make a point of doing these things, move it from one to another. So what can you do to you know, engender catching people doing things right? What we're then doing is starting to develop that positive feedback culture, creating the habit of it, and that will make everybody feel way, way more safe. Then in terms of delivering feedback, and I'm not going to go into this in much detail here because I think this is very much more about a specific way of delivering feedback, making sure that people understand the difference between general and specific feedback. You know, we talk about specific in our objectives. The reality is that people can... It, being specific is a skill that isn't actually all that well utilised. It's that many people need to work harder at it. And when I'm talking about being specific, I'm talking about what it was that someone did or said. Anyone who's ever been in um, an assessor in an assessment centre, you'll know that you're told to notice what it was that that person said or did, what they physically did. Did they stand up, sit down, they wave their arms around, did they raise their eyebrows? It's not about the judgment, it's about what they did or said. Then the feedback model would then be, what was the impact of that? Because any behaviour or wording in itself isn't in, inherently wrong. It's more about whether it was right for that circumstance or the way in which it was delivered. And one of the reasons people don't like feedback, delivering it or receiving it, is that they feel judged. So if we are very specific and then we talk about the impact of a behaviour, that's much more neutral than us going in and saying, well, that was good or bad which is judgmental. So we want to learn to provide feedback in a way which is much more objective, much less judgmental. And by doing that, we need to make sure that our managers know how to, and we do ourselves, be really specific about feedback and talk about the impact of it, own the impact of it, as opposed to going into it um, and being very judgmental and saying it, something was bad. I mean, good is, is slightly different, but even so, it's not great quality feedback. You need to tell people what precisely it was that they did or said that was great you know that's as we said do an example just to make it uh, make it more obvious so um i'm on a customer presentation and i might say to somebody i noticed that you you answered the customer's questions really simply and clearly and you used the graphical data in the brochure uh, to explain and quantify your response and provide evidence the impact of that was it made you seem to be open, honest and credible and it built trust with the customer. So make sure you carry on doing that. Using the evidence is a really great way forward. So that feels like quite good recognition, doesn't it? Because I've really gone to the effort of explaining why it was good. I could have just said well done on that customer presentation, which is nice, but the individual hasn't learned anything. I always remember when I used to coach salespeople that often they were the hardest people because they didn't know what they did right. And then if they didn't get specific feedback, then once they stopped doing whatever it was that they were naturally doing right, they then felt like they were starting to do things wrong. Um, and if they did sort of lose their mojo, they didn't know how to fix it because they'd never really been aware of what they were doing right in the first place. 
So really being specific in terms of positive recognition in that example is so much better um, in terms of these things. Now, I mean, you could actually do something again. So maybe we need to be talk about something went wrong. So, you know, I, I listened into that presentation that you did with the customer and I noticed that the data tables in the report probably weren't the most effective ones to use in that situation because it was for an entirely different customer uh, type or a different sector from the one the customer was in. So I noticed when you were explaining the table, they did look quite confused and unsure. So perhaps what we might need to do is try to identify some data that's going to be really sector appropriate for next time we're doing that presentation. And that will ensure that the customer is really on the same page as us and we manage to maintain rapport. So I'm doing that slightly on the hoof there, but you get the idea there. So even then, even though I was talking about something that didn't go so well, I'm not giving judgment. I'm not saying bad. It was bad. I'm just saying this is what happened. Maybe what we could do next time is this. Now, I made a suggestion there, but it could have been that as a line manager, I might say, so what do you think we could do differently next time? And I coach to be able to get a better um, response and involvement. So just talked a bit there about the importance of feedback, making sure we can try and encourage people to do it habitually. Uh, how can we do more of this? Uh, making sure we've got our sort of models, train our managers to understand what specific is and how they can talk about specific and impact without judgmental, without judgment. I'm going to touch um, now, in fact, I'll probably go into 360 feedback on a separate um, a separate call because actually we're doing quite a bit on that at the moment. And if you do want to know more about 360 feedback, um, then well, watch out for our webinars and I'll do another podcast on it. What I will say is that I'm quite intrigued by the differences of understanding of what a 360 feedback is. Um, and it's, it seems to mean different things to different people. So I certainly saw on the webinar I did recently on this topic that many people thought that 360 was something that you just do in an appraisal um, in order to gather evidence as to whether someone's met their objectives or not. And I appreciate there are some organisations that operate that way. My preference with 360s, I believe it should be something that's used as a development tool and it should be about behaviours. I think that if you have a smart objective, a specific smart objective, you shouldn't really need to get 360 feedback in order to decide whether somebody has achieved it or not. Now, that doesn't mean that you wouldn't consider using 360 feedback to gain evidence about whether somebody's really living the values or certain behaviours. But I think it's something that is is more constructively used in the development sphere and that's what I would personally advocate, which is why I'll take it as a separate topic. But if you do want to know more about 360 feedback, we've got loads on this. We've got the complete guide to 360 feedback that you can download. Again, I'll put that link in the show notes so that you can download and, and get access to it and find out more about what you might consider 360 to be. So what I just wanted to conclude on on this episode is if you want to encourage more feedback in your organisation, if you've listened to the podcast and thought, actually, this is something we ought to do more of, particularly in this hybrid environment, what might we do? Let's think about some practical steps that we could do which would encourage a positive feedback culture. Well, my first point is I would start by encouraging recognition processes. So you heard me say, if we could get people to catch people doing things right, then that's a great starting point. Because what you're doing there is you are effectively... Um, desensitizing people to negative feedback, they they will stop 
feeling so anxious if they realise that actually feedback is synonymous with growth, is synonymous with support, and it might be positive. It could be recognition. So if you drive feedback through recognition, it becomes a positive experience rather than a negative, which gets people to come out in a cold sweat. So think about what you can do. You may already have recognition tools and processes in your organisation. We have a recognition uh, aspect that sort of a kudos system which people can send out and recognize each other have you got something like that already what could you do to bring that to life to encourage people to use it the second point i would suggest is do train everybody in how to give good quality specific feedback there's loads of content out there as i say go to any of our get in touch if you want more of our resources on this but we've got little videos loads and loads of free resources So just get managers to recognise that skill and practice that skill of providing specific feedback, learning how to be specific and constructive. I'd also think about uh, reflecting on the culture of your organisation and this idea of psychological safety, um, growth mindset, and see whether that's something that is understood and develop that understanding and encourage and recognise it where those managers are really good at encouraging growth and very supportive, encourage those. Conversely, if you've got anywhere where there's blame culture going on, find those identify those opportun- those angles and stamp them out. Do not tolerate blame culture, negativity. Really find out ways in which whether you have to engage with line managers, with end users, think about how you can encourage that learning growth culture and absolutely walk away from any kind of blame. 360 feedback, I do think if you want to encourage a a growth, a feedback culture, do consider utilising 360 feedback. As I say, I'll go into it in more depth if you're not familiar with what it is. But if you are going to do that, my recommendation is to roll it out top down from the most senior down the organisation. Why do I suggest that? Well, I suggest that because very often, even those the most senior in the organisation don't really know how to give good quality feedback. And if you start with 360 feedback somewhere in the middle of the organisation, they will be going to their manager and requesting that feedback from them. The problem with that is that their manager may not give good quality feedback. They may not really recognise how powerful and important that feedback is. So it's definitely something, therefore, if you start top down, then the managers realise that they felt nervous when they got their feedback. They realise how important it is and how valuable it is if people provide good quality feedback. And therefore, they're much more likely to cascade those behaviours or model those behaviours going forwards. And Apps final point is just celebrate ideas, getting people to talk to each other. That's a great idea. Let's give it a go. Nothing wrong. There's no sort of that's wrong. That's not stamping things out. There's nothing Uh, It's just getting people to feel safe, to share how they think, um, provide feedback. All points are valid and encouraging and engendering that. So I'm hoping that that was a useful bit of food for thought all about feedback. Uh, We've talked about what we could do in terms of uh, why it's so important feedback in a hybrid world, uh, why particularly it's important, how it links with neuroscience. We've talked about styles of feedback, how important it is to encourage people to be specific And of course, we've talked about how we can aim to develop a feedback culture. 
If you want to know more about feedback, go to the website. I'll put links in the show notes, www.actors.co.uk. Actually, it is there and also hruprising.com. And don't forget, if you haven't heard already, we do have a brand new product, Actors 360 Now, which is a really easy way of embedding feedback in your organisation. It comes with full support and training. So if this is something you're interested in, why not take a look? We're running lots of open demos at the moment so you can find out more about it. Thanks for listening. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.